This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. How do you feel about giving up drinking? Maybe you've already done so. For years, there's been a medical debate about whether moderate drinking is good, bad, or has no effect on health. Now, a new study suggests that people, especially women who give up alcohol, can experience better mental health. This based on data from nearly 10,400 participants in Hong Kong and more than 31,000 participants in the United States. Men and women, lifetime abstainers of alcohol, reported the highest level of mental well-being at the start of the study, and women who drank moderately saw an improvement in their mental health after they quit. So what do you think of that? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I am joined by Dr. Catherine Paradis, Senior Research and Policy Analyst at the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction, as well as Dr. Kevin Shield, who is an independent scientist from CAMH. Welcome to you both. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Paradis, let's start with you. I mean, we have seen many, many studies on this subject. Uh, what do you make of this one? Well, for me, the most striking, um, my initial reaction to this study is that really it adds to an increasing number of recent well-designed studies suggesting real caution in recommending that moderate drinking is good for your health. You know, for about 20 years, we've had this mantra of one drinks a day, keeps the doctor away. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. At least that's what the, the, the well-designed studies suggest. And as a sociologist, what I find interesting also is all the attention that these new studies are getting. Uh, yeah, and before I'm going to ask Kevin Shield on that, but I also see that this month there was a study in the journal called Alcoholism Clinical and Experimental Research that suggested that older adults who drink occasionally may live longer than non-drinkers. Dr. Shield. Hi. Hi. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the risk relationship between alcohol consumption and mortality is very complex. And right now, at lower doses of alcohol consumption, so what this study considered moderate drinking, less than two drinks a day for men, and less than one drink a day for women, is very controversial in terms of its health effects. And studies are now coming out debating whether or not those beneficial effects exist. Uh, The reason why older people Uh, may have a different risk profile than people who are younger is that people who are younger tend to binge drink and therefore are at higher risk for outcomes like injuries, whereas people who are older in age tend to not engage in heavy episodic drinking. And so that may explain part of that risk difference. However, with this study, they did control for age and they did say that this effect would be seen among the total population of women. And for men, if you are a sustained former drinker, you also 
I experience positive uh, mental health benefits. Uh, what exactly do they mean by mental health benefits? Let's start with that, Dr. Paradis. Um, I, I'm not familiar with all the details of the study, but I guess that uh, it was based on a validated scale that just showed how they were feeling in terms of, of stress and anxiety. And um, I don't know, maybe Dr. Shield can help me out over here. But again, what it showed is that at the beginning of the studies, um, people who had never drank in their lives, who were lifetime abstainers, had a higher level of um, of, of uh, mental health uh, score. Um, and during the study, what they found is that women who quit drinking were those who um, experienced uh, the most significant increase in mental health score. Mm-hmm. A- any idea, either of you, about why uh, the effect would be most pronounced for women? Um, no, and even the authors of this study are unclear on that. They're saying themselves that, you know, the reasons for these improvements are still unclear. But, but they are, you know, suggesting that alcohol cessation may reduce stress in the form of family conflicts or work and legal troubles. Um, it, it, you know, so are women more susceptible to those maybe? Um, the authors are also suggesting that uh, some women may receive the psychological boost from successfully giving up alcohol. Um, but they are not uh, specifying why that would not happen with men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for men, there was a benefit when they were sustained former drinkers as well. So there may be an effect of onset of the effect where women experience an immediate effect, where men, they would have a delayed effect. So they experience it later on. One question I have, you know, it's interesting you're saying that there there would probably be less conflict, less legal problems, people getting drunk. But if, if they were talking about moderate drinking in the amounts that you outlined, uh, you know, presumably those amounts, <clears throat> excuse me, would not lead to people getting really drunk and having blowouts. I had the same initial thought when, when I read those results, and I questioned myself about that. And, of course, we're talking about moderate drinking, but, I mean, a woman, a small body weight, even at just a drink or two in the evening, um, it's easier to fall asleep on the couch afterwards. You know, you're, 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 without being drunk, um, you might not be uh, you're the best version of yourself. And so, you know, less patient, less enthusiastic about doing tasks with the kids. Um, so that might be one of the reasons why even at lower dose we're seeing this effect. That's interesting. Let's take a call from Karen in Shelburne. Hi, Karen. Hi. How is everybody today? Great. Good. Um, I am a recovering alcoholic. I'm going into my 23rd year of sobriety. Um and I heard you say that the study said that people that don't drink have a better sense of well-being and people that do the opposite. And from my many rehabs I've been through, um, it seems that alcohol isn't necessarily the problem. It's, it's a symptom of uh, deeper underlying problems, which definitely is true in my case, um, and uh, the the drinking cessation program, I man, if I thought I could have a glass of wine or two max a day, 
for life. I would be probably a happy camper, but I know that that might last for two days and then pretty soon I'd be drinking the whole bottle. And, you know, so I don't know how cessation works. I've heard of it and that's what my mother wanted me to go through, but I didn't do that. So um, I enjoy sober life. I still got issues, but I'm sober enough to deal with them in a more sensible and productive way now without, uh, you know, getting bombed every day. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, that's my two cents for today. Thank you for sharing your story, Karen. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, obviously, uh, a lot of people uh, uh, like Karen who've quit drinking after uh, problem drinking. And uh, thanks to Karen for sharing your story. Uh, and again, um, you know, uh, when we've seen the studies that that have said that there's a benefit to moderate drinking, it, it was never a mental health benefit, as far as I could tell. It was always some kind of physical benefit, right? Yeah, so historically, uh, studies that have looked at the effects of moderate drinking have used the outcome of mortality because it's easy to measure. However, when we look at the burden of disease attributable to alcohol, so caused by alcohol, what we see is alcohol causes a large amount of disability, with a large, large amount of that disability coming from alcohol dependence and other causes uh, that don't necessarily kill you, but are highly disabling. And so when you look at moderate drinking, it's a little bit skewed in the research. And this adds to that saying that you should also consider the mental health component of moderate drinking. Let's start with a call from Marsha in Toronto. Hi, Marsha. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. So just a couple of things. Um... I believe that the World Health Organization says that alcohol is a neurotoxin, which means that it's going to uh, affect a brain. It, it destroys brain cells. Number two, on the Canadian Cancer website, it says that the, uh, all alcohol is a risk factor for cancer. Yep, and I that's think true. My, my other comment would be this. I had a social drinking problem in university years ago. I was drinking to a point where I was passing out, and I thought, there's something wrong here. So I just went cold turkey, quit, haven't had a drink in over 40 years. And another thing, too, many people will say, well, you know, I I do social drinking, and I feel left out if I don't drink. And my comment to you would be, well, if you feel that you're not going to be socially accepted, or you're drinking for social reasons, is is there maybe a deeper-rooted issue here? Uh-huh. You yeah. know, so th- those are the things I, I wanted to state. Okay, Marsha, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Uh- well, I, I don't know if you would call drinking to passing out social drinking, uh, but that brings me to the next question, Dr. Shield. How hard is it to quit if you are, in fact, a moderate drinker? So if you're a moderate drinker and you're not exhibiting any of the symptoms of alcohol dependence, it would be fairly easy to cut back and reduce your alcohol consumption. Of course, alcohol itself is very addictive and has positive uh, feedback systems within the body when you consume it. So it's, uh, when you consume alcohol, it's uh, going to feel good and you're going to want to consume more of it. Uh, however, at that level, you should be able to cut back or stop entirely 
Mm-hmm. Dr. Paradis, do you have a view on that? Yeah, absolutely. Although Dr. Shilley is absolutely right that uh, from a physiological perspective, it wouldn't be that hard to cut down. I think that socially it would be because in our culture, drinking is, is we have a timeout representation of drinking in our culture, which means that we drink to mark the difference between weekdays and, and weekends, between uh, work and leisure. We drink to celebrate special occasions. Um, and that culture is really strongly <laughs> embedded in all of our activities. So even though you wouldn't physically uh, feel the impact of not drinking, socially it would be difficult to say no to a drink, and you would have to explain yourself. And um, following up on, on the comment from the previous caller, we might need to rethink the whole cultural norm around drinking. Why is it that we have to justify when we don't want to drink? Why is it that when we refer to drinking, we automatically assume that um, it involves alcohol, for example? There are a lot of small cultural um, um, significance and and, and elements that that we, um, we have to live with that make it more difficult than we would expect to stop drinking, even if we are a moderate drinker. Hmm. That's interesting. And, you know, uh, one positive thing that I've noticed in bars is that suddenly what they call mocktails are very fashionable and they're on on menus. And that's, of course, drinks that look like a uh, fancy mixed drink and have a price to match, but they don't have alcohol in them. Yeah, and of course there's a price to match because a lot of bar owners have experienced, especially with younger, um, the younger generation who are very good at not drinking and driving. You know, that's fantastic. But so they would still go to bar. They're the designated driver and would ask for a glass of water. Barmaid don't want to serve them because they don't get tip out of a glass of water. Exactly. Sometimes I suspect that the whole mocktail uh, culture is, um, is to, to keep uh, barmaids for making a decent salary. Okay, well, everybody needs to make a decent salary. So uh, it's very interesting, something to think about. We are out of time for today. I would like to thank Dr. Catherine Paradis and Dr. Kevin Shields. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. You're welcome. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.